Hey everyone, welcome to Refinery Life Church and welcome to a Sunday afternoon teaching. Normally this would be a Sunday morning message but we had Brother Sadhu preach this morning and minister to us and what a morning it was. I hope everyone enjoyed it that was there. I was going to hold this message off but I think it's timely to share it right now. So this is an addition. We, we still have church on on Sunday afternoons normally at Yatla but this week because of Brother Sadhu we, uh, we decided not to have it, but you know, here we are. And you know, if you missed this morning and you're looking for a new church, and you're looking for a church where the power of God moves, where there's prophecy, where it's an apostolic church, why don't you come and join us? We meet at 9.30 on Sundays at 23 T.E. Peters Drive at Broadbeach, and we'd love to see you there. We're friendly, we preach the Word of God, we move in the Spirit. What more could you want when you're looking for a church? And join me now in the Lord's Prayer. I like to pray the Lord's Prayer every time we meet because when the disciples said to Jesus, teach us how to pray, this was his response. He said, say, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Amen. Such a simple prayer, isn't it? It covers everything we need. We should pray it more often and start declaring it over our lives. Our theme for February is the new life that is possible through Christ. Now, some people might think that this is going to be a more evangelistic type message more evangelistic type theme, but it's actually not. Today we're talking about where is Jesus? Many people may have been asking themselves the same question. Where is Jesus? Before we get into it, let me pray for our offering. If you've got a seed to sow and you're ready to sow it, you're sowing into good soil at the refinery. So let's pray. Bless the Lord, O my soul. And all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. This is our prayer of recognition of your many blessings, Lord. And our prayer of release to your, your, our gifts to you of both self and of money. To your name, Lord, be all the glory. And it's in Jesus' Amen. Amen. The text we're concentrating on this afternoon is Mark 16, 19. It talks about Christ ascending to God's right hand. Let's read it together. If you've got your Bible, open it up. Let's be a church that actually has our Bible with us when we meet together. I'm going to read from the New King James Version, but you can read from whichever version you like. Verse 19 says, So then, after the Lord had spoken to them, he was received up into heaven, and sat down at the right hand of God. Wow. The scriptures we're going to work through this afternoon are Mark 16, 14 through to 20. Starts off with the Great Commission. We know these verses. Later he appeared to the 11, it says, as they sat at the table, and he rebuked their unbelief and their hardness of heart because they did not believe those who had seen him after he had risen. You ever thought about that before we go any further with it? 
You may have seen Jesus after he'd risen, but you didn't recognize him and you rebuked those that did. Verse 15, and he said to them, go into the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. Verse 17, and these signs will follow those who believe in my name. They will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents, and if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. And they will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. Just pause there for a moment. Some of these people that are casting out demons are actually making things worse because they're not believers, really. They're building their own little towers, towers of Babel, perhaps. Then Christ ascends to the right hand, verse 19. So then, after the Lord had spoken to them, he was received up into heaven and sat down at the right hand of God, verse 20. And they went out and preached everywhere. What are we called to do? Go out and preach everywhere. The Lord working with them and confirming the word through the accompanying signs. Amen, it says. Go out, preach the word everywhere, and signs and wonders will follow you. Do you believe that? I certainly do. Today's church desperately needs new life, doesn't it? The hope of the church is Christ himself. It's not having a good communicator as a pastor. The hope of the church is Christ. The basic question is, where is Jesus? If you're not part of the refinery, is he in your church? Only you can answer that. I'm not, I'm not game enough to answer that one for you. The answer to this question enables us to praise Jesus Christ for his position now in God's eternal plan. Mark 16, 19 says he was received up into heaven and sat down at the right hand of God. Luke 24, 50 and 51 says, And he led them out as far as Bethany, and he lifted up his hands and blessed them. Now it came to pass, while he blessed them, that he was parted from them and carried up into heaven. Acts 1, 9 through to 11 describes the scene again when Jesus ascends into heaven. Let's read it. Now when he had spoken these things while they watched, he was taken up and a cloud received him out of their sight. This is the reason when I pray for people, I pray with my eyes open because I want to watch. I want to see God move. And while they looked, we're in verse 10 now, while they looked steadfastly toward heaven as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, angels. Who, said, who also said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven will also come in a like manner as you saw him go into heaven. Today we need to answer two questions. Let's look at them. The first one, where is Jesus? Hopefully this will help you when you're talking to non-believers and believers alike. Jesus' ascension was his homecoming. He was coming home to his Father in heaven. His ascension was the restoration of the glory that he possessed before the creation of the world. As John 17.5 says, And now, O Father, glorify me together with yourself, with the glory which I had with you before the world was. Jesus longed to be there. 
In a parable, he compared himself to a landowner who had traveled to a far country and later returned to reward his servants. He talked about being lifted up. He talked about preparing a place for us. And then he announced, I go to my father. Jesus is exalted to the father's right hand. Mark 16.19 says that Jesus sat at the right hand of God. In Acts 2.33, Peter proclaimed that Jesus is by the right hand of God exalted. Where is Jesus? He's by the right hand of God right now. In Philippians 2.9-11, Paul concluded, Wherefore God also has highly exalted him. These are powerful scriptures, people. However, Ephesians 1, 19-23 even more fully describes where Jesus is and what it means. He is at the Father's right hand, far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named. He is above everything. This passage describes Jesus' victory. His work on earth is finished. He has done all that the Father had told him to do. He triumphed over Satan. He triumphed over sin. Triumphed over the world, the flesh and death. Jesus' position is at the right hand, demonstrates his authority and his sovereignty. He is Lord of heaven and earth, the highest authority of all. Second question we need to answer this evening this afternoon, this morning, wherever you're watching from, is what is Jesus doing? We've probably all asked that question, haven't we? What is Jesus doing? And the second question is, what kind of ministry is Jesus doing today? Jesus is drawing people. According to John 12, 32, Jesus is drawing all people to himself. This is his saving ministry. He's not dragging people, but magnetically drawing them. You can't get anyone saved, but Jesus can. The Holy Spirit can. He draws them to himself. He is doing this right now in the world through his spirit, through his love, through his word, and through his people. So if you're not loving people, you're not preaching his word, how are people going to get saved? From heaven, he is drawing people on earth. Jesus is interceding for people. He stands between us and the Father. Romans 8.34 says this, He, sorry, who is he who condemns? It is Christ who died and furthermore is also risen. Who is even at the right hand of God who also makes intercession for us? 1 John 2 1 to 2 teaches that Jesus Christ is our advocate, our heavenly lawyer, our counsellor. I'm not talking about courts of heaven here. That is a whole other doctrine that's not in the Bible. It's a man-made doctrine. But Jesus is our advocate. He is our heavenly lawyer. He is our counsellor. He represents us before the Father. Satan accuses us to the Father and the Father to us. But Jesus represents our case before the Father. The reason I'm using legal terms is because that's what we understand here in our, in our fleshy, earthy minds. 
What hope and encouragement this is that Jesus is representing us. Jesus is directing the church. That's what else he's doing. He's directing the church. He only works through his church. Ephesians 1, 22 and 23 indicates that God and he put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. Jesus is the head of the body. As Christ heads, as the head, sorry, leads the body, so Christ leads the church. So if you're one of those people who like to bash the church, you're bashing Jesus. He's the head of the church. He's directing the ministry of the church. And he's doing two things for the church. Firstly, he's pouring out the gift of the Holy Spirit. Second, Jesus is imparting spiritual gifts to believers in the church. We are empowered by the Spirit. I mean, just go back there a moment. He's pouring out the spiritual gifts to the believers. But let me ask you this question. If you want those gifts, are you willing to pay the price? Have you weighed the cost of what those gifts are and what you'll be expected to use them for and where you're expected to use them? We are empowered by the Spirit to exercise our spiritual gifts in relation to other members of the church, all under direction. Jesus is building his church. Jesus said in Matthew 16, 18, I will build my church. He said it, therefore he will do it. Acts 2, 47 describes saved people being added to the church daily, doesn't it? Saved people added to the church, not the world coming in to be saved describes saved people being added. And Acts 6-7 reveals that the Lord is not satisfied with just adding to his church. He wants to multiply it. That is his desire for the church today, to be multiplied. Another thing Jesus is doing right now is he's preparing believers. He's doing something in heaven. John 14-2 says that he's preparing a place for us, a heavenly home. When our home is ready, he will come and call us to heaven. In fact, he will come and escort us to heaven. Jesus is sharing his power with us. His desire for us is expressed in John 17, 24, where it says, Father, I desire that they also, sorry, I desire that they also whom you gave me may be with me where I am, that they may behold my glory which you have given me. For you loved me before the foundation of the world. He's calling us back to himself, people. The reality of this desire is expressed in Ephesians 2, 5 and 6, where we are seated with him in heaven, and in Romans 8, 28 to 30, where we are glorified in his likeness. Are we getting excited about this church? We certainly should be. In Ephesians 1, 19, 22, not only does Jesus have authority, but we are also given authority. His victory is our victory. As he is, so are we in this world. <coughs> All that Jesus has, we share with him. All that he does, we do with him. His new position and ministry in heaven are our new position and ministry on earth. We are seated at the right hand of God, people. Third thing we got this evening is the crown of righteousness. 
It's the crown earned by believers who eagerly anticipate that second coming of Christ. In that light, Paul could say in 2 Timothy 4 and 7, I have fought the good fight, I have finished the race, I have kept the faith. In the realm of spiritual warfare, Paul won the battle. He could say he finished the race. In the course of travel, there was no detour around the hard places. There was no looking back. Instead, Paul kept his eyes on Christ, and we need to as well. And finally, he could say, I have kept the faith. Amen to that. Don't we all want to be able to say that? Thank you, Lord, for that. Thank you, Lord, for that. Church, we've got to start denying ourselves. Denying those things that would weigh us down and hinder us. We've got to keep our eyes fixed on Christ. We must find our strength in the Lord and in the Lord only. We must place our all on the altar of the Lord. We must by faith refuse anything that would impede our spiritual progress. We must enter the race to win. We must enter that race to win. As we finish up this evening, Christ's position in the heavenly realms is the basis of knowing victory in our Christian life. We are in him. We are identified with him. This means victory over the world and in every circumstance. Let me encourage you. Answer those questions that we've had today. And I also want to encourage you to be diligent with your Bible study time because God has so much more for us than we can get from just going to church once or twice a week and hearing someone else talk about the word. When you spend time with God, your life will change in amazing ways because God is a redeemer. There's nothing that's too hard for him. And if you let him, he'll make you whole, spirit, soul, and body. And you're important to God. You know that already. But you're also important to us at the refinery. So when it comes to prayer, we believe that God wants to meet your needs and reveal his promises directly to you. So whatever you're concerned about and you need prayer for, we want to be here for you. Even if you just want to say hi, you can contact us on www.refinerylife.org. This year we're believing 2023 is a year of divine restoration and divine recovery. So if you've had things taken from you over the years, this year it can come back. But you may just need to get a little bit closer to the Lord. And until next time, stay in the blessing. Music